once again to the M4 Project. As always, I'm Matthew Jelinek. That gap of silence is Mike Sullivan. And I'm Morgan Davidson. I was just wondering, do you ever have random conversations with inanimate objects? All the time. I constantly What's the weirdest ones? The weirdest ones I've ever had. Ooh, that's... I, I do it so frequently and they're all pretty odd. Like, I think you've probably heard me when we used to work here. I'd talk to the computers. Yeah. I'd talk to pieces of software and be like, what do you do that for? Are you going to behave yourself? Or if it's particularly bad, it's like, you son of a bitch, I swear to God, if you don't fucking do it, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you so hard. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, I've always done that. But I, the weirdest ones... I often tell the toilet I'm going to destroy it. I often then I've apo- done... I apologize to it for afterwards, the video abuse, and say a prayer if I've killed it. Yeah, I've done. <laughs> I've done. I've done that a similar thing once before. I remember I was. I knew it was going to be the worst AGB after Grogbog that I've ever had. I was hungover as fuck, and I remember pulling down my Dax, looking at the toilet, and going, "I do not envy you." <laughs> and I sat down and made a mess. I made a mess that required multiple showers to fix. Uh, I've done it, yeah. So I definitely talked to cram clay down it, basically. Oh yeah, mate. As you know, I probably choked the dolphin. I, I do speak to our automated pick machines at work. Mm-hmm. Um, they often have glitches and breakdown, and I torment it during fixing it, telling him it's my bitch and be <laughs> nice to daddy. It is German, but we do have a love hate relationship. Um, <laughs> Other than that, yeah, yeah I, you're a dirty little hand. Pretty you? much, yeah, pretty much. That's the way it goes down. I talk to everything. I think, yeah. That's why I can't think of a weird and, one. Oh, like, no, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the toilet's are de- it's definitely weird. I abuse it during it as well. Mm. Just curious if you had something, like, really particular. Oh, that's the thing. I can't really remember. I know there's times where I've been doing it and then going, my God, what am I doing? But then I swiftly <laughs> repress that. So, anyway, <laughs> this Anyways. week's film is The Greasy Strangler. The Greasy Strangler. Your it's pick, sir. Yes, 2016 American black comedy horror film starring Michael St. Michaels, Sky Elba, and uh, Elizabeth DeRazzo. So, Big Ronnie, played by Michael St. Michaels. Uh, picture if Carl Lagerfeld uh, was locked in a caravan with only Kmart clothes for months and went feral. Runs a lame disco-themed walking tour of his hometown. Uh, one, he points to uh, a shop and says, Cool from Cool and the gang worked there before he formed the gang and got famous. That's the sort of level of tours yep. that this guy's The Bee Gees came up with the rhythm to Saturday Night Fever in this doorway. Wait. Yep. <laughs> that bad. Uh, he, with these terrible tours, he does them alongside his son, Big Braden. Braden is an underused name, in my opinion. <laughs> anyway, it's a Big Braden. Picture the title character from Napoleon Dynamite has grown up, become a fat, middle-aged man-child with mangy head of shoulder-length hair, spends most of his time in wife up undies, except for when he is doing the disco tour with Ronnie. When they're doing this, they both dress up in horrendous pink turtlenecks and sparkly hot pant work attire. He is a classic life loser. Oh, yeah. I, I would say he reminds me of the Simpsons comic book guy. So Ronnie allows Braden to live with him on the condition that Braden prepares excessively greasy food for him after Braden's mother had abandoned them and left them uh, for a man named Ricky Pickles, who both Ronnie and Braden absolutely despise. Braden says at one point in the movie that uh, Ricky made him do abnormal crunches until he vomited, and then he molested him. Uh, <laughs> We should laugh at that, but the way that the, the <laughs> it's delivered. delivers that line, all these lines are just ridiculous. So Ronnie and Braden, they uh, frequently call each other bullshit artists. It's their their go-to insult. It's yeah. like the worst insult you can, can be called. Uh, at night, Ronnie completely cuts himself in grease and strangles residents of the town. He becomes known as the Greasy Strangler. After his killings, he cleans himself off with... Off 
At a car wash. At a car wash run by a blind man named Big Paul. During one of the disco tours, Braden meets a woman named Janet. The two begin to have a romantic, romantic relationship. This throws a little bit of a spanner in the works for the father-son gruesome twosome and leads to a bit of a more complicated menage a trois of mayhem <laughs> after Ronnie steals Braden's girl. Hilarity and chaos ensues. That is the back of the tin. That is the back of the tin. And, and, and it, it needed to be that long, people, it to set it up. To even understand the basics of what's going on, it needed to be that long. And also, it still doesn't help. No. If, you're, if you're watching this thing, there'll be a point you realise what Morgan said is happening... But it won't matter because you're busy looking at the screen going, what, what the, the fuck, fuck am I watching? <laughs> what the fuck am I watching? In one of the opening scenes, uh, as uh, we're introduced to the characters, they're doing their famous tour. And I think it's the Bee Gees line. He's telling these uh, three tourists and Janet, yes, and this is where the Bee Gees came up with the hook for whatever uh, song it was. Whatever song. They start calling him out on it. It's like, can we have details? Can you verify this? And Big Ronnie's response is to turn around and show the palest, wrinkly ass I've ever seen. Check my in, cheeks. In one, of, in one of the longest moonings <laughs> since the moon rose over the horizon. The he moons race. them, but and he just stays mooning them, which doesn't become obvious later on until he actually couldn't pull his pants up. Yeah. So he just stays in the position until yeah. they walk off. Like, it cuts back to him. Like, they're having a conversation between Braden and these tourists for a while. And every now and then it sort of cuts to him or he'll be just in shot that you'll see that he's still mooning. And as they stomp away, Big Ronnie turns to Ray and says, can you help your dad pull his pants up? I love that in this as well, though. With this disco tour, anything that he says, in its question, he just says, look, I know disco. That's his flat-out response to, look, I know disco. That is a response. So the guy's got a house. He's obviously been doing quite well for himself. Just... These shitty tours. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the things, like, has he got some other money thing on the side? But then again, if an elderly man in a sequined turtleneck and hot pants told me disco facts, I'd probably be inclined to believe it. He's pretty much disco stew. Yeah. Really? Horrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> disco stew. Um, yeah. So that really sets you up for where this movie is going to go. It doesn't prepare you but it sets you up for where it's going how it gets you there is utterly utterly ridiculous so characters actually actually performances start with Ronnie played by Michael St. Michaels as I've said before homeless Carl Lagerfeld doppelganger Mm -hmm. this character is crudely manipulative and above all else greasy Greasy. Very, very greasy. My God, the amount of grease that man can eat. (laughs) Oh my God. It's gut-turning. It's gut-turningly greasy. So, uh, he'll... Is it in the opening where he kicks his legs back and lets rip? No, he doesn't. He's just laughing. Because he, multiple times, tells Braden, Hey, can I tell you a secret? And then just Oh, I'm the greasy killer. I'm the greasy strangler. Bullshit artist. No, I'm not. You're a bullshit artist, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Bullshit artist. (laughs) You probably think I'm the greasy strangler, don't you? And every every time, every once, every time, it's like someone's sort of dying story. So I was like, "Well, I guess you think I'm the greasy strangler, then, no?" He's like, "No, no, I don't." It's like, "Well, everyone thinks I'm the greasy strangler." <laughs> Why do you keep saying greasy strangler? He just wants people to know. Yeah, you wants people to know. Um, the acting comes across as very off the cuff. Uh, can be seen as a little bit amateur, but I think that's on purpose, yeah. and it works in the context of this movie. It, it feels like high quality acting doing a B grade acting tone mm. all, all throughout if they'd stumbled a bit more on their lines you'd be like oh okay this is just a terrible college movie but throughout you get the feeling of 
the people are genuinely trying to yeah, be this he, way. He delivers shit lines brilliantly. Yeah. Absolutely brilliantly. Without without fail. Yeah. Um, he's probably my favourite character in the movie as well. Because he is just so horrible. Long white hair. Longer white penis. He's constantly naked. Yeah. The acting and costume design for this is so on point to get the effect that's required. Yeah. Oh, his costumes are awesome. So as Matt just said, they, they attached a large fake penis to this actor. With a tiny, bright red head. head yeah. <laughs> and this cock is just swinging in the breeze for a lot of this movie. When he goes through um, oh, the, the car, car wash, wash. Oh my god. And it gets to the drying stage of the car wash. This cock is just flapping like a flag. Yep. This massive cock. Yeah. It's this horrible wrinkled puddle of a man hunched forward getting blown dry with an eerie creepy smile on his face and this cock's like like a windsock of disgust (laughs) also again on the the costume designs that made this film brilliant his reverse arseless chap disco attire was priceless (laughs) for the listeners think of mauve velvet one piece with crotch section exposed. There is a dance scene a la Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Awkwardly thrusting. With a cock just flapping. It's burnt into my brain. Yeah, it, it can never it, be a race. It can never be unseen. But it, it's not it's also not just flapping out. It's through a thin very thin veil of some yellow material. At when it first reveals the costume, you can see clearly that it sort of reveals his chest and you're like, okay, fair enough. And then the next shot is a bit further away and you realise the same material is in his crotch. And you can see everything. It's like, it's brilliant. It is a funny brilliantly horrific. There's a, there's a scene where he's in this attire, um, where he's sitting on a, a chair and the cock's just Sort of off to the side. And I actually read, because I, I always read up on movies yeah. after I've watched them. Apparently, it was actually quite funny when they were attaching this. Like, they were very cautious about the fact they were attaching a, a, this piece to this area. And the the male or, or female, like, whoever was doing the, the attachment. Because it's a prosthetic. It's a prosthetic, yeah. So, they were putting the hand on the leg. And they were trying to be very gentle with what they were doing, uh, knowing they're in this region. And then they realized that they'd actually placed their hand on his actual penis and and had it there for five minutes <laughs> while they were trying to attach it a very awkward look up and he was like eh, you get that yeah, it is what it is it is what it is i didn't want to make it awkward by pointing it out um he he also has some of the crudest lines as well mid coitus saying to janet i usually shoot around six ropes of cum then a little bit of the clear stuff but tonight i'm all about the ropes baby i'm the spider-man of cocktown janet replies with equally disturbing quips of that she is the Tarzan of Come Jungle. I lost my shit. I was giggling. I'm going, I am so glad I picked this. Yeah. I am so glad I picked yeah. this. I, I was laughing while saying to myself, what the fuck am I watching? Because <laughs> throughout the movie, they are not afraid. Brayden, when he comes in and gives Big Ronnie... His morning cup of coffee is in the tiniest pair. They're not tiny white, this tiny pair of red underwear. And every character just about is completely fine with just having letting everything hang, hang out. out. Including Jeanette, who's yeah. constantly almost as often topless as Brain. Yeah, definitely. This really does sum up uh, Ronnie's personality though. Uh, just the, the type of type of a oh, horrible guy that would just carelessly steal his son's girlfriend and show butter around the house that they share. Yeah. 
Um, when he is the greasy strangler, he is covered in this thick white grease. It almost seems to turn him slightly primal and yeah. animalistic. Yeah. Um, that he he lets off his weird <laughs> yeah kind he, of. He sound. also punches and caves a man's face, face in. Yeah, it gives him like an un, an unreasonable strength. Strength. Yeah. Um, he strangled people with his bare hands. Uh, he usually people so much that their eyes, eyes pop out. out of their head, and then he eats the eyes. Sometimes frying them. Sometimes grease first. He sat down and had it at a table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's also a very very disgusting scene with a missing nose and a, oh, yeah. a finger. Finger. And that was good luck like, no, with that. No, no, no. He did. No, he, he did. He did. Oh, he's licking it. Yeah. Oh. To, to point out how much grease this man likes as the character, Braden is cooking him breakfast. And it's the greasiest sausages I've ever seen. Like, they've clearly added a whole bunch of grease to the pan. And Ronnie demands that they be greasier because he pours it onto the plate, literally pours sausages. the sausages onto the plate. And he's like, this isn't enough grease. I want them greasy. And he's like, but dad, too much grease is back. I want them greasier. And then later on... He steals it? a grease trap. Yeah, they steal m- multiple times. But they also... I mean, when they're just eating it directly out Ugh. of the grease trap. But also when Braden finally cooks in the bacon the way he likes it, it's just oil... It's just grease with these tiny little floating pieces of bacon. There's a brilliant scene with him eating a grapefruit. Mm. Highly recommend that oh. scene. It's the greasiest, most sexual grapefruit eating. Sexually non-sexually <laughs> grapefruit I'm pre- eating. I'm pretty sure that may- that scene alone made me crawl up inside myself. <laughs> like, he hasn't come out yet. Um, I've got an E now. Um, moving on. Braden, played by Sky Elba. He is the epitome of a life loser. Oh, yeah. No ambition. At the beginning of the movie, he's a 40-something-year-old virgin who dreams of making it big, writing sci-fi novels and comics. Don't we all? <laughs> um, again, the look of the character, the way he's acted is on point. Yeah, absolutely. He's a bumbling man-child who likes to think that he's a bit more experienced than he is, has all these big dreams, but has... Failed to launch in every aspect of his He's life. He's basically been in his dad's shadow yeah. of personality. Yeah. Definitely. He's been just... Yeah, and in that shadow, he has wilted as a human being. For him, they used a fake micro-penis uh, prosthetic. Because yep. uh, he's just this tiny, tiny penis yep. on a very large lad. Yeah. Because he is quite, quite, quite big. The sex scene involving him and Janet are the funniest in the movie. Janet, the first am I one. Doing right? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? I Janet, don't know like this? Right. Is it right? I, I was like, punch him in the face. But all the sex scenes yeah. that I have are about, about, about hilarious. And well, like at the end of that scene, she sucks a finger uh, and then and reaches back. He's like, oh, am I doing it? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. He was so pathetic and cringy. Yeah. He and but he was likable, but he wasn't really likable because mm. of his personality. But for a lot of this movie, he was the nice guy. Yeah, you, you you had a certain level of empathy for him. It was kind of like the classic injured wild dog kind of thing. You're like, oh, you, oh, you poor thing, but I don't want to touch you. No, I, I feel oh. you're mank. He's like, I feel sorry for you, puppy, but no, 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 don't, don't, don't come closer. Don't, don't lick me. Don't, don't lick me. No, 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 no. That's that's his character. Janet. Janet. Elizabeth Thurazzo. Great character. Fantastically acted. She 100%. basically from outside this family is a kindred spirit to them. She's as awkward and disgusting. And disgusting. Um, but also is willing to accept Braden for who and what he is 
and starts to flirt and, and finds all his flaws quite charming and cute. I what I liked about this character a lot is it would have just been very easy because she's a love interest um, to cast a drop dead gorgeous girl playing the part, mm-hmm. which on the surface would have just seemed very unbelievable that yep. this stunner would go for these guys. But, as I say, different strategies for folks. But it would have been very unbelievable. Yep. I liked that they used her. She's slightly overweight. You know, she's frumpy. She's a sex maniac. It is spot on for her character. First of all, it's realistic. I could see her going for them, them going for her. Also, it shows that little bit... Looking deeper into it, there's this bit of like someone for everyone. Yep. Um, you know, someone's got to find her attractive. I don't find her attractive, but... Braden Someone's got it. Braden might, you know. And saying that, I've seen worse girls at Fanny's in the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> sorry, right. sorry, Argyle House. Argyle. Shame my age. Fanny's was a Newcastle nightclub that was closed and shortly thereafter was reborn as Argyle House, another nightclub despite the fancier name. Though the sign changed and the internals were reworked, I can only imagine that the experience remains the same, an experience that everyone in this town seems to share. For those that do not know the place, imagine her thusly. First, the uneven thud of two DJs with separate dance floors fighting for your attention. The carpeted floor, sticky with decades of drinks spilled from cups and drinks spilled from people, and worse still, people spilled from people. Maybe there had never been carpet, maybe it was the moss or mould, or maybe it was spilled drinks and bodily fluids piled and dried to make a spongy mass that, if one were to find a willing geologist, it could be cut into and reveal the strata of Newcastle nightlife. Here, that brief period where everyone drank VCRs, vodka, coke and raspberry, and there lower when KB beer was still around. The dance floors were wooden and relatively clean, washed as they were by the sweat of writhing youth, drunk and though not sex mad, certainly sex hopeful. The air smelled of human dampness, sweat and sex and sick, cut every so often by the rising stench of old beer. Perhaps some unseen geologist would crack the strata. It was a place few wanted to attend, but all inevitably would. A certain freeness lives there, and this brought both fights and fingering. If you couldn't pick up at Fanny's, it was because it was closed. I think sort of what I'm trying to say, though, is that she's in there, obviously, for a bit of gross-out humour, but it was refreshing to see someone just a little bit more real. You know, too many times, I think, love interest in films, be it male or female, are done as these super attractive people because we can't accept that someone would find another person attractive that we don't find attractive. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, it was really nice to see that. And she got in some great oh, she had some odd lines as well. Horrifying she just, lines. And as far as gross out of fact, she she did that so yeah. well. There's a scene there where they're, they're chanting her and Ronnie chanting Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie. And Brad goes, no, Janet, not with your ass. And she starts using her yeah, ass cheeks to go, Hootie Tootie Disco Cutie. Oh, Tootie Disco Cutie. Lost it. Yeah, lost it. Uh, like when they're having a sex scene, mid, mid-sex scene, she says to Probably who it would be if I farted right now. <laughs> yep. Random. Okay. Yep. And again, her look was just perfect. Yeah. Like Because she's got this, this like curly afro yeah. of red hair. Uh, yep. But it's also matched horrifyingly from, from her crotch as well. Um, which... Again, everyone's every well, admittedly they're all prosthetics, but everyone's naked all the fucking time in this movie. Just randomly, it's like, yeah, we're just hanging out in the house, and there's this fro, or there's this mass, massive dog with this tiny little mouse thing. Fucking funny. <laughs> uh, looks in tone. Looks in tone. Uh, very well shot. The effects in this were fun, gross. They did some of the 
the gross. best gross, gross little th- the gross little scenes. Uh, the the special effects, especially for when uh, the greasy strangler is doing his thing, uh, punching a dude's face in, strangling someone till their eyes pop out. Those all looked great. Yeah, B grade yeah. in parts. B, but, absolutely B grade horror. Went on with the movie. Like, it, like, it, if it had been anything other than B grade, it would look ridiculous yeah. in the rest of this movie. Yeah, and it, it also matched the tone of the film like when the dude gets punched in the face and I don't just mean he got punched in the face and knocked out his face caves in to a cartoonish face handprint face yeah. face as this tiny <laughs> and he falls over dead everything stays connected there's no blood it, his face just caves in and there's these two little beady eyes in the back of the handprint that sort of twitch for a second before the guy falls over dead brilliant uh the movie is seedy, it's gross, but it's still bright and vibrant at the same time. Um, the costumes or lack thereof, as I've said, with the um, per- they just match the personalities of the yeah. people. The horrendous turtleneck and hot pants mm. are just... They pretty much always wear turtlenecks, actually, yeah. They're either in white fronts, turtlenecks, or Ronnie has his uh, disco costume. Yep. Um, I love the... Which has a turtleneck. I did too. Yes. yes. I love the um, the Y fronts though because you got these two guys, two horrendous guys. This is what they'd wear. Yeah. They're not going to put Why are you bother putting clothes on? Yeah. You know, two guys in a house. They're going to wear Y fronts. It just made it feel very weird. Mm. Sure, this is all a very bizarre father-son relationship, yeah. but I can see that just yeah. happening. And, and with, with the, their costuming, they're often in these horrible, grotesque colours, the the pinks and the, and the um, yellows and all this sort of thing. It it's really effective in sort of making this otherworldly feel in this otherwise normal shot. Like yes. there'll just be every now and then there'll just be one or two things that are absolutely blast you out of the room. Color. And it's like, why is that building bright pink? Fair enough, it is. Or why is this person in this horrible disco outfit dancing in a spotlight <laughs> down the street? Doesn't matter. Otherworldly makes sense. It's right for the film. It's it certainly is. The tone of this movie, though, it, it, it reminded me a bit of The Young Ones, and especially Guesthouse Paradiso, which is... I'm a big uh, Rick Marl fan. Uh, it, it's it's disgusting, but I don't think it's over-the-top disgusting. It's crude, but it's crass. It's like a bit of a like polished vulgarity. Yeah, sort of it's, yeah it's crass, but with purpose. Yeah, exactly. It's not right. just trying to gross you out. It's like, well, in this world where there's a man who really likes his grease, he would eat the grease. Yes. He would dip his hot dog in the, the hot dog vendor's grease <laughs> trap and then eat it and saying, my dog has been well greased. He would. <laughs> he would. He certainly would. Like, okay. Uh, that's still horrible, but it makes sense within the Every, world. Like you just said, everything that's spoken uh, or worn, for that matter, it gets a response that it was meant to get. Yeah. It's there with purpose. It's there with purpose. That being said, don't watch this movie with your parents. unless you. Have I, a, I reckon my dad would fucking love this. Unless you have a really awkward... You'd probably watch it with your dad. Yeah. yeah, your dad, you'd probably get away with it. Not your mum. Mum would just definitely be constantly not Mum would be vocalizing, but she wouldn't be saying, "What the fuck am I?" She's like, "I don't get it. What? What's happening? I don't fun? get it. I don't get it. I don't. Is that his penis? I don't get it. That's huge. Oh, that's flapping horribly in the. Oh, I don't get it. What's it's happening? It's a windsock. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Right. Yeah. Any more on looks and tone? No, nah, Mikey. Not. No, I didn't think to incorporate French cinema into this, especially that of the 1912s. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> overall. Overall, overall, this film is one long 
what the fuck am I watching? Uh, yeah. It is grotesque and stupid and juvenile and brilliant. It is such an odd, odd film, and it's one that I can understand why something like Fantastic Fest, which helped fund it. It's the sort of movie where one of the opening vanity cards is a semi-dismembered corpse that farts out his intestines to spell out Timothy Productions or whatever it is. It is a very odd and wonderful film. Juvenile, yes, but I don't like Juvenile, Mm. but I love this movie. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's not so ju- grown up in its juvenile. Yeah, it, it's not juvenile going ha ha ha. He said poop. It's ha ha ha. That dude's holding a poop. poop. <laughs> and it's two grown men discussing the fact that they're holding a poop, and they're having a conversation about it, and it's real rather than just ridiculousness and stupidity for the sake of stupidity. Yeah. It's so odd. It it's is such so an odd. It's, film. it's hard to explain. Yeah. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, that's why I picked it. I have a couple of niggly points. Uh, the, the bullshit horseshit joke probably went on for a little bit too long. As did the potato skit with the tourists. Yeah, went on just a tad, especially the potato skit. I was like, okay, we get it. I think also that was that was deliberate. I think they knew it was going to be long, too long, and then they went, we're going to take three steps past that. Just to sit there and go, get ready because this film is not what you should be expecting. <laughs> Those things aside, though, yeah. it's it's a, it's a great film. Uh, crude, funny, smart humour, blunt at the same time, and truly bizarre. It reminds me a little bit of a John Waters film. Yes, um, very much so. Love Pink Flamingos and Polyester, things like that. Uh, it wasn't as polished as Son of Waters' work, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a good reference point. Yep. Love the disco costume. The disco costume. The greasy... Right, uh, Strangler costume was really well done as well. These yeah. horrible splotches and layers of, of grease. grease, these yellowy. Yeah. yeah, I think I loved all of Ronnie's costume. Yeah. Just all of Ronnie, basically. And With these wonderful, of... luscious, white, long hair. hair. Greased. Greased back at one um, point. I love the way also it would keep on repeating back to that car wash scene. It yeah. gave you a good point of reference. Yeah. Um, you know what's happened or what's changed and that kind of thing. And, and Braden himself, he, he was also very relatable because uh, we all know we've met or we have that life loser mm-hmm. in our life. Um, My name's yeah. Matt. <laughs> Just that person is too <laughs> dumb to help themselves. Watch it. Yeah. Preferably so with mates. Would recommend? Yeah. I would recommend it. If we, if the M4 project was to use a star system like other traditional reviews would, the Greasy Strangler would get a wrinkled brown asterisk of a man, old man's butthole. Because <laughs> it doesn't really make sense why it's there, but it's big and it's proud. And, and it's there. It's just there. Because at one point, he, uh, Ronnie throws his legs back and farts on his son. But naked, uh, it's just, it's insane. And so, it. which there's a great story about later when Braden say because Ronnie carries on about the fact that Braden shit the bed. And he's like, continues to shit the bed. He says that I shit the bed, but one time he farted, and when he farted, the poop flew out. And if anyone shits the bed, it's him. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> he's the bed pooper, Jeanette. He's the he's bed pooper. pooper. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna go off to spoilers because there kind of is spoilers in this. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll let you go watch it and then we'll come back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Okie dokie. So now that you're back, having watched the film, we're going to tell you, well, we're going to talk about how it ended. At nearing the end of the film, Ronnie, well, actually, Brayden wins Jeanette back from Ronnie, and they decide they're going to figure out who the This greasy... is post um, yep. Tarzan of the Cum Jungle. Yeah, post, post Tarzan of the Cum Jungle. Brayden wins Jeanette back. When after Ronnie gets Jeanette, Brayden decides he's going to try and figure out who the greasy strangler is because he's pretty sure that it is Ronnie. Pretty sure. Pretty like, Ronnie's sure. told him multiple times. Told him multiple times but I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure it's my dad. And he, he then wins Jeanette back, gets her on board, and they go, all right, we're going to prove that he's the greasy strangler. After a brief moment in which he calls a detective who will be there tomorrow and a man who is very clearly Ronnie in a leather jacket, <laughs> dark sunglasses, and right. ridiculous long, long nails. Comes in and goes, no, no, there's no evidence. It's all yeah. circumstantial. He's, meanwhile, he's picking up grease and smearing it on his face, going, mm, this, no, is good quality this is grease. good quality grease. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not proof that your dad's the greasy strangler. You should probably just let it go. It's like, no, let no, it, I'm pretty it sure it's my dad. I'm going to figure it out. Let it's it like, go. I think you should just let it go. <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure. I think you should just let it go. All right, it's time for where is it, Geordie or something like that? Yeah, Geordie. Well, Geordie's got to go now. <laughs> Literally goes to the front yard behind a tree and changes, changed back into Ronnie. So very and then Ronnie kidnaps Jeanette, having basically figured out. Yep, Braden's on to me. Kidnaps Jeanette as the greasy strangler. As the greasy strangler, and Braden figuring out. I better grease up. I'm going to grease up too. Goes to the closet, following a grease pile, and finds a vat. Of thick tapioca pudding looking grease, and he goes, I can be a greasy strangler too. I take some of his underwear, oh, I can be a greasy strangler too. He submerges himself in the bucket, and next thing you know, this greasy creature bursts out. It's Brayden Greasy Strangler. And he's as animalistic Yeah, he's, and he's squealing. It's and- like <laughs> grease has a power yeah, over them. Absolutely. I, at, at first, I thought before, because we know very early on that the dad's the greasy strangler. Well, there's. Footage of the Greasy Strangler will do something. There's footage of someone getting whipped pretty badly in uh, a car wash, and then it's him getting blow dried. And he's naked in the <laughs> like, okay. going, Yeah. And so you, it, I, I thought they were going to do like a subversion of that. I was like, no, the dad just likes going through car, car wash, and someone else is the Greasy But no, it, it's just Ronnie. What was I saying? Braden goes to the, the oh, cinema. Yeah. Braden chases him down, goes to the cinema uh, as his own version of the Grease Monster. Ronnie's strangling Ronnie's Janet. Ronnie's strangling Janet. And Brayden joins in. Her eyes pop out. They, they eat him. Yeah, the dad catches them like a fantastic cricket catch. Both in the palms. Uh, and they eat them and sit down and watch a film. Then it goes to the beach. It flicks in the next day. They're at the beach. They're all oh, okay, They go through the car wash together. Yeah. They walk in holding hands. Ah! Yeah. Get, get that. Get blow dry. Then it cuts to the beach where they've become normal again, they talk about, you know... Oh, that's what I was going to say, with the whole super strength and that sort of thing. I thought it was going to be revealed that, like, he had some sort of grease werewolfism, and he's consumed so much grease that... Uh, <laughs> it actually point, comes out. It comes out. Not that it was going to be a yeah. vat that he dips that himself that in. he dips himself in, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Anyway, so they're at the beach. They're at the beach, having uh, a chat. You know, Ronnie sort of reveals that he actually really does care for Braden, and despite his annoyance with him, he'd rather be... With him than co-owning a discotheque with John Travolta, which was the plan was going to be the plan, you know, mm. um, as they were great mates from back from the disco yeah. days. They bond over a disgust of Janet, like why are we ever into him, uh, into her. Then they decide to cover themselves in grease, go to the forest, and murder Ricky Prickles. Ricky Prickles, who is uh, the man the, that the, the man mother left them for and molested Brayden. Yeah, 
that's where it just goes, okay, you've stuck with us through the weirdness. We're going to get it and we're going to turn it to 11. Yeah. Instead of giving you an ending, we're just going to show you how far the dial can go. They are dressed in as grease monsters. They're walking through and they hear something. They look over. Them, this is the Ronnie best. and Ronnie Brain, and in, Brain, in normal human, human form, form, are tied to posts poles about to be executed by, I think they're, uh, based on the uniforms, Bolivian elderly they were Bolivian naked. men. No, no, they weren't naked. Sorry, they yeah. had they had erections though. Yeah. Um, I noticed the erections. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then you're thinking, how? So where is this going to go? They watched themselves get shot. Yep. Which that hurt my head. It made yep. no sense. Very Monty Pythonish yep. again. Yep. Let's just finish I think this. I would say that it's symbolic of the fact that they were letting go of their humanity. That's what I, I sort of, sort of sort of ended yep. up with and accepting that they're going to be grease monsters for the rest of their life. They get shot. Their heads pop off. Like grease flows out. Grease flows out, then confetti. Yeah. Then they go into the bush. They skip off further into the forest. Grab spears and then point, point at, at the camera. camera. Going, yeah. But yes. And that's where the film ends. I agree with you. I think that was a very much of like, we're letting go. We're not going to go back to the city. We're going to live in the hills being grease monsters for the rest of our life. So they never actually really got shot. Yeah. That was their weird way of... Saying goodbye to their past yeah. selves. Yeah. But what the fucking uh, way to end a movie. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck. I, at this point, yeah, the movie's done. I would like to say that, like you, I'd like to re-up a production of a film after having watched it. This film ran for an hour and 13 minutes, something like that. It had an additional 40 minutes, 45 minutes that got cut. Yes. Because they thought it was too long. Can you imagine the crazy... Hopefully the director's oh, come out. Director's absolutely, comes out. and I would watch it. Like, I it, would watch it. It's, I can't... It's on DVD. I wonder if that's got... The, maybe. 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 I, I can't describe how odd of a film this is and how odd it makes me feel that I enjoyed it. Because if someone were to sit there and tell me what happens in this and tell me the sort of characters and how they're displayed in the dialogue, I wouldn't want to watch it. i go, that sounds pretty stupid. I might give it a quick watch as a secondary sort of thing whilst I'm browsing the internet but to having having sat down and watched it all the way through the end with all the what the fuck am I watching the entire time the only thing it, it left me at the end going what the fuck did I watch and why did I enjoy it oh, yeah. and what the fuck does that say about <laughs> me I love that Elijah Wood was an executive producer on yeah, this thing he threw cash at it yeah Tonight on the 6 o'clock news, Frodo finances Friar Freak Flick for film festival. And good on you. Like, yeah, that's absolutely. great. Like, you went, sure, fuck yeah, I'll fund yep. that. Great. Absolutely, well done. And I must say, more than likely, most of his money went into making this thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the effects that it had were good for the budget that they were probably on. Yeah. As Matt said, if we can't do this justice... We describe it and it sounds like the worst movie, but believe me, it is definitely worth a watch. Yeah. It's not that it isn't the worst movie, but it's just worth watching. I don't think it is the worst movie, though. I don't I think, think it's at all bad. I don't... I don't. The thing with me is, I don't think it's a good piece of narrative <laughs> cinema. It's no. not a good piece no. of narrative. The story is stupid, but it's a good piece of cinema. Is it, though? Is the story stupid? Yes! <laughs> Absolutely it is! A, a father who farts all over his son... Don't you sometimes just want to grease yourself son. up and strangle people? 
No, I can't say that I have. When people just want reports, Matthew, yeah. you oh, don't actually. want to just strangle them. Oh, that's a good point. They want them yesterday. I want the, I want the strangling. They're heavy breathing at you. I could do the strangling, but I don't think I'd cover myself in grease <laughs> first. The grease and strangling was a bit counterproductive. Yeah. How do you get a grip on your covered in grease? Uh, just remember me, Oinkers, the guy with the, the messed up nose. When he, he takes the longest to die. So he's got this Oinker, the friend One of, of Bra- Braden's, Braden's friend. only friend. He literally is called, his nickname's Oinker. He, he has a, a, pig nose. a pig nose, which is revealed after he dies that he'd obviously had some sort of accident and yeah. he's missing his nose. So, of course, yeah. I'll cover it in a fake pig nose. Why not? So everyone calls him Oinkers. Ronnie comes for him eventually. Well, the greasy strangler comes for him. And he's choking him and choking him and choking him. And Oinkers is like, oh my god, I'm going to die. Everything's going dark. Oh wait, no, it's getting bright again. I actually really enjoy this. This is great. Oh my god, this is fantastic. I think I'm dying. Nope, nope, still here. Nope. Okay, now I'm dead. But that goes on for like an additional fucking five minutes. (sighs) And then Ronnie removes the nose points his fingers into the hole, pulls out the greasy, bloody goodness and consumes it. And apparently it's to his greasy liking. Anyway, uh, that's the end of this episode. Uh, And the pick for next week is I don't know. Whatever Mike picked. Probably a thriller. Probably a thriller. It's a thriller. Because it's Mikey's pick. It's thriller, thriller, thriller. We've got to sit down and write a green lyrics to that. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, catch you next week, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Next week's pick is Blue Ruin from 2013. A crime drama thriller, obviously. A mysterious outsider's quiet life is turned upside down when he returns to his childhood home to carry out an act of vengeance. Proving himself an amateur assassin, he winds up in a brutal fight to protect his estranged family.